Coming to you live from Houston, Texas, the site of Super Bowl 51, sort of. We just watched one of the most incredible Super Bowls in history, the first Super Bowl to ever go into overtime. We're going to talk about it. You're listening to the 4-Minute Offense. I don't even know where to get started after that. Just an insane performance, an insane comeback, just and an incredible choke job by Atlanta. Uh, just we'll touch on some brief things here. I don't want to go too far in to get too far into the weeds. Just wanted to you know get an initial reaction from the game and kind of just kind of talk about some of the the major points from from this game. Um, just it's been an incredible year for for sports choke jobs for you had the Warriors going up 3-1 on the Cavs blowing that lead uh in seven games and you had the Cubs going down 3-1 to the Indians in the World Series the the Indians end up blowing that lead the Cubs win the World Series and then you had this Atlanta up 28 to 3 at one point and before this the largest comeback in Super Bowl history had been 10 points and New England came back from a lead that was two and a half times that. Just unreal. And so, starting out, really, I thought Atlanta's defense actually got off to a great start in this game. Really, you wanted, it, New England got the ball first, so I sort of expected New England to, you know, be able to move the ball early. But, uh, interesting fact, Nick Wright tweeted this out, but it, um, Brady in the, I guess now, seven Super Bowls that he's played in, has never scored a point in the first quarter, which, given the fact that he's now 5-2 and two in those games, is just incredible. But he's never scored a point in the first quarter, so the offense, I guess, just tends to start more slowly in the Super Bowl. He just isn't able to get it going early, and they weren't able to here. Atlanta was able to force him into a, um, force him off the field pretty quickly. Uh, Atlanta ended up going up 7-0, then 14-0, and then Brady throws just Brady just throws an awful pass and Alford picks it off, takes it back. He does a did a great job reading Brady's eyes on that play. Um, and so New England's down twenty one nothing. And at that point, basically, uh, really thought the game was just out of reach because you thought, given New England's defense was okay, um, didn't but didn't think they'd be able to hold them to. Basically, at that point, they needed to hold them to. They they held him to seven more points after that, and really didn't think they'd be able to hold him to anything like that uh, going forward. So New England's down twenty-one nothing. They get the ball. They're able to drive with as the as the half's coming to an end. They're able to drive down and get into the red zone. Um, and then after a holding call on Martell has been just an awful, like a pretty an easy call, like really simple. Looked like he was about to pull the guy's shoulder pads. Um, very obvious call uh, after 
after that, with 15 seconds left, New England throws a tight end screen, which ends up picking up about two yards, goes nowhere, ends up running time off the clock. Just you can't make that play call there. That's just there were some really bad play calls in this game from both sides, but that play call that was completely indefensible. Um, so New England ends up having to settle for a field goal there. Just the fact that they there's no time left on the clock. So they go into the half down 21-3. So Atlanta was able to get pressure early. You, need, you knew that they wanted to to get Brady off his spot, um, get pressure on him. And they were able to do that up the middle. Grady Jarrett was great in this game, ended up having three sacks. Uh, Freeney didn't register a sack until later in the game, but was disruptive pretty much throughout the entire in, through throughout the entire game. Um, but just Atlanta was able to to hit Brady early, um, even when they weren't sacking him, they were getting home and, and putting hits on him, even when, as he was releasing the ball. And so, really successful from that standpoint. And so, Brady looked just awful during the first half. And so, even when he, when he had time, he was missing open receivers. He wasn't finding open receivers. He was throwing it. Um, he was off his mark. He was throwing it. Um, throwing it into coverage, and the Falcons' defensive backs were able to stay with New England's New England's receivers, especially early in the game. Uh, New England's receivers weren't doing a good job of creating separation, and that caused a lot of problems for Brady. So Atlanta basically executed their game plan perfectly in the first half, ended up taking a 21-3 lead into the half. They ended up, they held, they scored, they outscored New England 7-6 in the third quarter so they go into the fourth up 28 to 9 and that's where everything fell apart so the bit one of the biggest plays is going to is is was the the sack of the sack fumble on on Ryan deep in their own territory and just we saw Shanahan with just bad play calls and bad situational play calling being completely unaware of what's happening in the game. So it's third and one. You've been able to run the ball pretty effectively on Atlanta. They drop Ryan back to pass. And it's not... Ryan ended... Ryan's pocket presence in this game was just bad throughout the night. There, um, The two early sacks that he went down on looked like he what his pocket presence wasn't good. He was trying to move around. Um, just wasn't feeling the pressure correctly. Wasn't able to shift within the pocket. Uh... So that was bad, and then this game, and then he ended up just holding the ball too long multiple times. Third and one, just held it, held on to it. Looked like they were trying to throw something deep, which doesn't make sense in that situation. It's third and one, and so they end up giving, give up the sack, fumble. New England gets the ball and is able to score there. And so at that point, they end up getting the two-point conversion after New England's kick, New England had kicked a field goal at that point. So it's 28 to 12. New England's able to convert the fumble into eight points, uh, get the two-point conversion there. So now it's a one-possession game. Atlanta gets the ball back. Once again, Atlanta is able to move the ball down the field. Freeman winds up, whether it's a busted coverage, just uh, a good play call, play designed by Shanahan, but Freeman ends up wide open, huge run. They're able to get, I think it was, they had the ball on the New England 22-yard line, four minutes, 40 seconds left up eight points. Um, Ryan ends up taking another sack. They end up with, after after having a first and 10 just outside the red zone, they end up 
with three minutes and 38 seconds left, uh, fourth and 33, completely out of field goal range. And so Ryan's situational awareness, the fact that he takes that sack, the fact that um, the fact that Atlanta never ran the ball in that situation is just completely inexcusable and just showed a like Shanahan has done a great job with this offense, you know, putting the players that they have, which they've got, they've got some great playmakers, both at, at the skill positions at, at wide receiver, running back, tight end. He's done a good job of creating a scheme where those guys can be successful. He's done a great job of that. But the situational play calling in this game on the third and one on that drive just were one of the biggest reasons that Atlanta ended up losing this. And on that drive, we had, so the Patriots all have always sort of been on the wrong end of these insane catches. You had the helmet catch, you had the, uh, the Manningham catch in those two Giants losses. They almost, if, if they had ended up losing the Seattle game, there was another catch on that drive before the, um, before the intercept, before Russell Wilson threw the interception at the goal line on the slant. There was another catch that, that Seattle made. And in this one, after the Freeman play, Matt Ryan's rolling out to the right, sees Julio, who's covered by, I think Eric Rowe is in front of him. Ryan places the ball perfectly. Only Julio's got a chance to make the catch, and Julio just makes an insane grab. He's able to catch the ball over Rowe and somehow manages to get his second foot in bounds. And so that sets up this, that keeps the drive going on before before they're able before they're finally you know done in by their own play calling and by the by the sacks um and then on the ensuing drive Edelman makes and honestly I think this this was probably just just as good as the helmet catch of the Tyree helmet catch um better than the Julio catch just insane so Brady so like I said Brady was not particularly great in this game um, but so based on this is sort of what I talked about last week with the the interceptable passes a lot of times stats like the just kind of the sort of box score stats that you look at don't necessarily tell you how good or how bad a guy was because Brady was incredibly inaccurate in this game wasn't doing a great job of finding open receivers and so um, on the play on the Edelman catch Brady is under pressure throws a pass right to a defensive back. If the defensive back makes that play, game's basically over, and you're talking about really just the narrative then shifts from what the narrative this in this game is going to be, Brady, how he led the comeback and everything, but if that pass is intercepted, Brady's thrown two touchdowns. He threw two touchdowns, and he would have had two interceptions in this. And so if that interception is made, then you end up talking about really – how how bad Brady was in this game. Instead, the narrative shifts to oh, how great Brady was in this game, leading the comeback. But that that pass should have been picked off. Instead, Edelman dives, catches the ball, loses it, and then recatches it like an inch from the turf. Just an insane catch, and so that keeps the drive alive. Patriots go down, score, and then are able to get the two point conversion. I thought they might have called offensive pass interference just uh when I saw the flag I didn't see the defensive offsides on that play initially um but they're able to get the two-point conversion 
And Atlanta had just bad, another bad decision on the, the kickoff return. The, he fields it. I don't remember who the return man was, um, but he, he fielded it inside the goal line, brings it out, cost him, I think he took it out, maybe if he got past the 10, he didn't get far past the 10. Um, just terrible decision making there because you're costing yourself not only not only field position, you lost about 15 yards on that, but you're, you're also costing yourself time. You had, you had no timeouts because you just, the coach just used it to challenge the Edelman catch, which honestly, I mean, was worth the challenge. Was worth the challenge there, um, but just another bad decision. Um, on it, honestly, I was really hoping there's a rule: the fair catch kick. Usually, you see it referred to as a free kick, but if a team calls a catches a punt on a fair catch, they're allowed a free kick, so the ball must either be a place kick or a drop kick from the spot where it is caught, I believe. And if it, the opposing team has to line up 10 yards away from the ball, and you're allowed basically a free kick there for a field goal. And I was really, really hoping that they would have done that, they would have done that. but instead the Patriots, you know, take the fair catch, they, they fake Neal, and then it looked, like, it looked like Deion Lewis ended up blowing out his knee on that play. So I um, feel kind of bad for him. It just looked like he planted on it funny, and it just like um, looked like an ACL injury there. I feel bad for him. So that ended up running out regulation. And then, of course, um, New England wins the toss, gets the ball first. Atlanta's defense is just gassed at that point, completely unable to stop them. Uh, and, uh That's basically the game. New England, New England scores. Game's over. Um, probably after that result, you're going to have a lot of people talking in the off season about revisiting the overtime rules. Maybe talking about even if it's a touchdown, the other team at least gets one possession, and then you go to sudden death. Um, not really huge on that, uh, but I think it's worth worth looking into. Uh, Honestly, just really, like I said, I, I mean, I picked the Patriots to win, just because don't really don't want to bet against Belichick, especially with two weeks to prepare. But just really feel bad for for Atlanta fans losing because it's one thing to lose a game, but losing it when you had that much of a lead, when it looked like you should have won it, you had so many opportunities. Um, just feel bad for him, man. Um, and hey, that's what happens. So, thanks for listening. I just wanted to, like I said, I just wanted to, you know, kind of talk quickly about the game, just cover the main points. Uh, like I said, you had an incredible comeback. You had two just amazing catches from one from Julio, one from Edelman. A really great, just a great game. We had the first ever Super Bowl overtime. Just an incredible game all around. Uh, Phil. Feel bad, like I said, feel bad for Falcons fans, but really entertaining stuff. It turned out not to be a blowout in spite of the way the, the first half looked. So thanks again for listening. This is the 4-Minute Offense. I'm Brandon Connor. You can follow me on Twitter at Ball from Grace. Eventually I'm going to look at setting up a um, Twitter page for the, for the podcast. But thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later this week, hopefully.